Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bishop Daniel Harley, the resident pastor of Christ Our Hope Cathedral, Kudumansville, and overseer of the KZN Council of Churches. Bishop Daniel Harley is a son of Bishop Dag Hewitt Miller, the founder and bishop of the United Denominations, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Bishop Daniel Harley has a strong passion for missions and evangelism and has preached the gospel over many years. Join us now for a life-changing experience. Oh Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the works thy hands have made, I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power. The universe display Then sings my soul My Savior God to thee How great thou art How great thou art about the greatness of God. Do you get it? Everybody standing, please, if you don't mind, please. Let's, let's honor God, okay? We are not singing to your mother. We are not singing to me. We are singing to God. So let's just honor God, okay? Are you ready? We sing it once and then we go home. Okay. Oh, Lord, my God, and I'm in awesome wonder, consider Sings my soul, then sings my 
thank you for your greatness and your power in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated one more time. All right. How many of you are excited to be in the presence of God? I am. I don't know about you. I believe that God has something special for us in this season. Amen. And I said I'm preaching from my little book called Seven Great Principles, the second edition, written by Bishop Doug Heward Mills. Amen. Imshini, I see you. <laughs> see, man. Great. And I said that I'm preaching on certain principles to help us and to, to help us enjoy our Christian lives and understand, to help us enjoy our Christian life. And I said, an understanding of these principles will make your Christian life easier and more meaningful. Amen. And I said, I'm going to talk about principles on salvation, principles on a great change, principles on a peculiar life, principles on a supernatural life, principles of church growth, principles of fruitfulness, and principles of establishment. Hallelujah. God is trying to establish your Christian life. I said God is trying to establish your Christian life. You know, many of us or some of us or a few of us, depending on how you do the research, have a, a Christian life which is like a ding-dong or a yo-yo. Do you get a yo-yo? You see that thing that goes and comes. Uh-huh. We have that. Uh, we are not established as Christians. Do you get a small family problem? You see, then you backslide for a year. Then you, when the problem is solved, then you, 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 you get it. Uh-huh. I'm believing God that by this series will bring an end to the yo-yo effect of your Christian life. Yeah, your Christian life will no longer be dilly-dong, dilly-ding. Do you remember the Leicester coach who won the, the um, league for Leicester? They asked him, what does he think the Premier League is like? He said, as for the league, it's dilly-dong, dilly-ding. <laughs> it means it blows here, it blows there. Some of us, our Christian lives are like that. Dilly-dong, dilly-ding. But by this message, God is establishing you as a Christian. Amen. Challenges will not blow you away. Amen. So, I said I'm starting with the principles of salvation because the Bible says, how shall we escape so great a salvation if we neglect so great a salvation? And if you neglect salvation, you neglect understanding what salvation is and, and even how it works. Bible says you cannot escape. You cannot escape hellfire. So my prayer is that nobody under the sound of my voice will go to hell. Amen. Wonderful. So, I'm talking about principles of salvation first. I want to finish today. I started last Sunday. I want to finish today. I said a principle is a revelation or a deep understanding of how something works. And when you understand what a principle is, you are able to develop from there. Amen. I gave you the example of the bicycle. They made the bicycle, then they use the understanding of how a bicycle is made and how it works. Then they developed the wheelbarrow. Then from there, they developed a car. Amen. I gave you the example also of the trucks. They made a truck, then they used the truck to develop tractors. 
Then they used the same principle to develop trams. Then they made a train. A train is just a collection of trams put together like that. The same principle. They just made it, repeated it. And you see that long thing is just moving. Amen. A pastor friend of mine used to drive trains in London. He told me one day he was driving the train and he fell asleep. Yeah, he fell asleep on the job. And the train went from one end. <laughs> and you know how they knew he was asleep? When he got to the final place, I think he was between a stop and the final stop, the docking point or the stop. And then when he got there, he, he passed. He passed the stop. So they knew he was asleep. Because <laughs> why would you pass if you are awake? Wonderful. So, uh, I don't know why I'm sharing this with you. But I started these principles. And I said, with the principles of salvation, there are seven of them. Number one, I said, man is a spirit. He has a soul and he lives in a body. Amen. A man is a spirit. He has a soul and he lives in a body. I read from First Thessalonians 5.23. The Bible says that the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. Your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord. So Paul here explains to us that every human being is made up of three components. Your spirit, your soul, and your body. And I explained to you that you, the real you is your spirit. And then you have a soul. And your spirit lives in this body. Amen. I still feel my sound can just slightly go out. It's like I'm on the edge. Amen. Say amen. So you are a spirit. I explained to you from Genesis chapter 2 verse 7. The Bible says, And the Lord God formed man from the, from the dust of the earth. And he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. So that God, when God, God created us, when God made, formed man from dust, man was nothing. Man was lifeless. Until God breathed into man, the man became a living soul. That thing that God put into man is God's spirit. And that's the real you. When that thing is out of your body, your body becomes useless and we go and put it in the ground but you continue to live on because God's spirit doesn't die the spirit that God put in man doesn't die so that's why in the story of the Lazarus and the rich man although they died here on earth you will realize that immediately after both of them were dead they appeared somewhere else the rich man appeared in hell Luke chapter 16 Bible says, and in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torment, 23, and seeth Lazarus afar off in Abraham's bosom. He cried unto Abraham, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, for I am tormented in this flame. And sent Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger in water, for I am tormented in this flame. So one of the places that when your spirit gets out of your body, it goes to, is called hell. Is God's own special area for lockdown of souls and spirits which have not obeyed him. He put God introduced lockdown and quarantine before Sarah Ramaphosa heard about. Amen. Because like I said to you last week, I mean people who have not served God and they have not obeyed God, wicked people who have been moving around. 
when they die and their spirit is still moving around, God cannot just allow them to be moving in town. Can you imagine we are doing praise and worship? We are all singing, dancing. My soul, my savior, God to them. One of these spirits of one of these girls who used to be a strip dancer, then she comes into the church and enters into the praise and worship leader. I mean, imagine the situation that will happen in the church. That the praise and worship leader is just doing dancing. This spirit of this former pornographer has come and entered into this girl. Spiritual girl who's leading praise and worship in the church. Then she will start tearing things apart. The confusion that it will bring in the church, it will not be good at all. Oh, I told you, like, even like Osama bin Laden, then his spirit comes and it enters one of the ashes. As we are worshiping and or as I'm preaching like this, as I'm preaching, suddenly we hear ta 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 and there will be an explosion in the church because the spirit of that wicked guy has entered into some. Because God doesn't want that confusion, He puts that spirit under lockdown in a place called hell. Do you get? It? He puts it in a place called hell. That's why we have to take our spirit seriously and our salvation seriously. How then shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? Then those who have obeyed him, who have listened to Moses and the prophets, because when the rich man said to Father Abraham, send Lazarus to go and warn my brother, he says they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. So those who have listened to Moses and the prophets and the pastors that they have and have given their lives to Jesus, God also has a waiting place for them. It's called Abraham's bosom. So Jesus comes where they are comforted. They are, they, they, they are comforted from their hassle on this earth. So then when Jesus comes to judge the living and the dead and he's done, he will take them with him into, into, into heaven. That's also another place where your spirit can go to. That spirit that God put into man. That's why we must take our Christian life seriously. Amen. We, we, we shouldn't whittle down salvation to come into church. I come to Lighthouse Chapel International or I come to Candlelight Ministries of Heaven. No. Salvation is receiving Jesus into your heart to become your Lord and personal Savior. Principle number two I shared with you, the spirit of an unsaved man is dead and desperately wicked. Last week I answered two very important questions. I said, why do we call that, why do we say that spirit is dead? And then number two, why do we say it's desperately wicked? I can't go into it today or else I will not preach today's preaching. So I'll just recommend to you that try and listen to last Sunday's podcast. It will help you understand. Do you see? But just a little on it. God said to man, the Bible said, and the Lord made the man and, and planted the guy and put the man in the midst of the guy to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord said to him, Genesis 2, 17, in the day thou, of all the trees, thou mayest freely eat in the, in the garden, but the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat, neither shalt thou. In the day that thou shalt eat, thou shalt surely die. So God gave them an instruction. There's one particular tree. Don't eat it. Don't eat everything that is there. Only this one, do not eat it. Because the day you eat it, you will die. And Genesis 3, the devil comes. Anytime people are going to do something wrong, just know that the devil comes into the sin. He comes on the scene. 
So the devil comes. So whenever you, you are doing something that is not appropriate, just know the devil is around. The devil, the devil must be around. So the devil comes into the Bible. The Bible introduces the devil as a character in Genesis chapter 3. And that devil caused them to eat, the, to disobey God. And when they disobeyed God, Bible says, God, Genesis 3, the last verse, Bible says, God drove them out of the garden and drove them out of his presence. That is the day the spirit of man died. That says, when you are not saved, you are dead. And then the Bible says, you are desperately wicked. You are wicked in desperation. So it means your propensity for wickedness is very high. Your desire to do something evil is very high. I explained to you from Romans chapter 1. Bible says that they did not retain God in their hearts. Because they were not thankful to God and retained God, the knowledge of God, in their hearts and in their mind. God gave them up to their reprobate minds and to their wickedness. He just left them to do that which, which is not convenient. He left them to themselves. Now, if we don't superimpose God's nature on your natural self, only wickedness will be present in your life. So then he describes so many things I can't get into today. And I said, because this is the nature of an unsaved man, for a man to come and now start relating with God afresh, God must give him a new heart. So we read from Ezekiel 36, verse 20, says, I will put a new heart in you and a new spirit in you so that you can keep my commandments. Do you get it? So when you are in this state, you are destined to go to hell where the rich man went to. But now God, because God wants you to serve him and wants you to relate with him, when you ask him to come into your, when we make the altar call, you come in front and we go through that prayer. What God does is that he supernaturally takes out your stony and your difficult heart, the heart that is predisposed to wickedness. And then he puts in a heart of flesh so that you can now keep God's commandment. Hallelujah. That is what we call born again. So Jesus said to Nicodemus, except a man be born again, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Then Nicodemus said to him, can a man be born when he's old? John chapter 3. Can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's bosom? Bosom doesn't mean somebody's house. It means in the stomach. Can he enter a second time into his mother's bosom and be born? Or his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus said, verily I say unto you, except a man is born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. For that which is born of the spirit is spirit. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Marvel not. Don't be surprised that I tell you, you must be born again. <laughs> Pastor, I've been in the church for a long time. You must be born again. Pastor, my parents are Christians. You must be born again. Pastor, you are my father. You must be born again. Or else you will go to hell. Yeah. Don't joke with it. And this is not anger issues. (laughs) It's just a burning desire to stop people from going to hell. (laughs) 
give your neighbor a smile. <laughs> or, or just give a laugh like you are rich. <laughs> now, when you are born again, that leads me to principle number three. The principle number three states that the spirit of a saved man is righteous and truly holy. Righteous and truly holy. Ephesians chapter number four. Ephesians the fourth chapter, the 23rd verse. Ephesians four. 23, it says, And be renewed in the spirit of your mind, that ye put on the new man, which is that new spirit that God puts into you. It says, And that you put on the new man, which is created in God, created after God, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. So that spirit that God puts in your heart, the Bible says that is created in righteousness and true holiness. It's holy, it's righteous and holy when God puts it in you. Righteous and holy. Amen. Amen. So as you are sitting here now, there's a, if you are born again, and I want to believe you are, that there's a spirit that is in you. It is righteous. Although you were at the nightclub yesterday, that spirit is righteous and truly holy. Although you were gossiping yesterday, that spirit is righteous and truly. Although you were watching pornography yesterday, that spirit is righteous. It's righteous. It's righteous. It's righteous. It's created after God. It loves God. It wants to do godly things. It wants to do good things. It wants to be with God. It wants to come to church. That's the part of it. That I just want to be where you are, drawing daily in your prayer. Take me to the place where you. I just want to be with you. That 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 spirit is righteous. That's why Jesus said, "Pray, so that you don't fall into temptation." Why? Because the spirit is willing. As for the spirit, it's always willing. It always wants to do the right thing. It always wants to do the right thing. Because it's holy. That's how God made it. God, it cannot be contaminated. God, You can sin all you can. It cannot be contaminated. The spirit, it's God's spirit that he has put in you. It's truly holy. It wants to do the right things. But it says the spirit is willing. But the flesh... Is weak. Yeah. Romans 7. Romans 7, 22 and 23. Paul said, for I delight in the law of God. This is the spiritual. He said, for I delight in the law of God after the inward man. The inward man is your spirit. Do you say? He says, as for the inward man alone, I de- it, it wants to serve God. It wants to come to church. It wants to do the right thing. It always wants to do that which is good. He says, so he says, me, I delight in the, in, in the law of God. He wants to obey God's commandment after the, in the way that the inward man does. But see where the problem is. The problem is in the other verse. But I see another law in my members. My members is my flesh. 
I see that my flesh, it didn't get the memo that we are righteous. So it says, I see another law in my members. And this law, it is warring against the law of my mind. It's fighting the law of my mind. Although I want to follow the spirit and I want to do the law of God, this law in my flesh, it is fighting against the law of my mind. And bringing me into captivity to the law of sin and death. Which is where? In my member. I told you your members refers to your body. It's like the law of sin, sin is in your body. So your body, it only obeys one law. The law of sin. You leave it right now to do what, what, what you have told it not to do. So that spirit in you is truly holy. So I think first, first, first Corinthians 3, first John 3, 9, yeah. It says that whosoever is born of God doth not commit sin. For his seed remaineth in him and he cannot sin because he's born of God. It's talking about your spirit. He said, whosoever is born of God doth not commit It means does not commit sin, does not sin, cannot sin. For his seed remaineth in him and cannot. So he does not sin and he cannot sin because he's born of God. So that brings us to that important question. So pastor, why then do I sin? How many of you have that question? I will answer it for you today and then we'll go home. Only sinners have this question. How many of you have that question? I also have this question. And it's only liars who don't have this question. How many of you don't have this question? Because you sin. You want to know why? I answer this question and then we close. Why do we sin? We sin because the body overpowers the spirit. That's why we sin. That's why the spirit wants to be holy. But the body, which wants to obey, it wants to drink, it wants to fornicate, it wants to sleep, it just wants to fool around. And the spirit wants to serve God. And as for the soul, like I explained to you last week, it's caught up in the middle. So whoever wins the battle, the soul is that cool guy, he will just stand on the side, doesn't like trouble. We call him calm soul. He just goes to stand on the side. You people finish fighting. When you finish, whoever wins the fight, I'll follow the person. So that day, if the spirit wins the fight, you follow the spirit. If that day, the soul, the, the body wins the fight, follow the body. Follow the body. Now, the reason why we still sin is because our spirits are not, it's not strong enough. Our spirit is not strong enough to overpower the flesh. Which takes me to principle number four. After you are born again, your spirit is a newborn baby and it must grow. It must grow. It must grow. When your spirit now grows, it can take up a battle with the flesh. The reason why you are struggling is because you have not allowed your spirit to grow. So since you were born again, three years ago, your spirit has just been a baby. So the flesh just bullies it around and pushes it. It's almost as though nothing happened to you when you got born again. Because you have not allowed the spirit to grow. First Peter 2.2. 2. The Bible says, as newborn babes, 
Desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. That through it you will grow. Through it you. So the Bible tells us that your spirit is just a baby, and like a natural baby, it needs milk to grow. It needs milk. What milk are we talking about? The word of God. Some of you see the word of God or hear the word of God only on Sundays. If you were eating only on Sundays, will you even survive to the next Sunday? But that's how we see the Bible. When we get to church on Sunday, pastor will use the Bible. Then we'll see the scriptures on on the TV and then that's it. It's not enough. It is not enough. You can't grow. The Bible says, desire it. Have a longing and a desire for it. So that through it you will grow. Amen. Now, a Christian who doesn't expose himself to the word of God will always have a spirit that is a baby. That is constantly under the control of the flesh. That's why sin abounds. That's why you can't stop lying. You can't stop stealing. You can't stop gossiping. You can't stop backbiting. You can't stop all the things you have been doing. You can't stop. Because your spirit is a baby. So as soon as the spirit gets into an argument with the, with the, with the flesh, the flesh looks at it and says, Hey! Hey! It says, We are going to the, 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 the nightclub. Your spirit says, No, I don't want to go. I'll go to church tomorrow. The spirit says, The flesh says, Hey! Wozala! And then away. Hey, who's <laughs> We need to develop our spirits through the word of God. Ephesians 4.14. We need to seriously, de- we, some of us are just babies, babies, spiritual babies. Not because of witches or muti. We don't expose ourselves to the word of God. You won't read your Bible. You won't have your quiet time. You won't listen to preaching. I mean, the only time you hear preaching is when you come to church. But you have time for Nigerian movies. Yeah, you have watched all Nigerian movies exist. Yeah, all of them. You know all the people. What, uh, Alan, what's the name of your guy? The one you taught us last week. Arenzi, something Arenzi. No, no, the one with the eyes. Shegu Arenzi, yeah. yeah. You know all of them. You know their names on screen. You know their names at home. Everything. Yeah, what their mother calls them. Because, I mean, my, 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 my children are called by a, a different name in school. And then there's a different name we call them at home. Even when we see them in town, there's a name we call them. And then when we see them at home, there's a name we call them. Yeah, uh, we gave them all those names. This guy, this guy. Yeah, Wozala. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. Are you happy now? Thank you. This is the guy who told me where we are trying to take a picture of when we come here, you go here. When we come here, you go. Stay at one place. <laughs> Game of Thrones, you know all the people. 
that you don't know John 3.16. How would you grow? You brought it. Now, Paul is giving us advice. I'm forcing to finish everything today, no matter what happens. It says, that we henceforth be no more children. So, you can either be a Christian baby. So, some of you, you have taken a little milk. You have taken a little milk, which has made you develop a little. But you have moved from being a baby to a child. Meanwhile, God wants to get you. Go to the verse before. God wants you to get to the fullness of the... Uh, he says, that we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God and to the perfect man. So God is trying to make you a perfect man. A, a perfect man is somebody who is fully developed. Then he explained, and to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. God is trying to make all of us like Jesus. To make us to perfect, mature Christians. Not Christians that people, you go home and your electricity is off. Then you are afraid to sleep in the room. Because you fear that demons will come and attack you. You are a baby. You are a child. You can't take authority in your room and bind escort and speak the presence of God into the place. You are a baby. You are a baby. Bind them. Yeah, and sleep in the presence of God. But you are afraid. Hey, when you hear the slightest movement, you wake up, says my grandmother who died 20. Your grandmother who died, she's if she's gone to, if she who died, she's either under lockdown in hell or under lockdown in Abraham's bosom. She cannot come here. She cannot. Even if she's born again, she's in Abraham's bosom. When, when, the, when the rich man asked Abraham to send Lazarus, Abraham said, no, people don't, this place, people don't go away. People don't go anywhere. There's a gulf. There's a big gutter. Nobody crosses from here to there. And nobody even goes there into the earth to talk to anybody. Once you are dead, you are dead. You're under lockdown. We can't allow you to just be moving around anyhow. So when the wind blows the door and it swings, you say it's your great-grandfather who died 14 years ago. How can it be? You are a baby. Let's go on. To then 14, to where I'm going. This is just a, 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 a detour. That we henceforth be no more children. So even the Bible is saying that although a child is better than a baby, a baby is the one we carry. A child is the one, children are those who run around. So you see like that one there, it's a baby. Children, they are all downstairs. They are running around. Do you see? He said, so you be, even being a, being a child, the Bible says, not a good thing. Tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine. He says, when you are a child, what happens is that every wind of doctrine, somebody just says something, it sounds poetic. It sounds like it's from the Bible. So, oh, yeah, that is it. Sometimes it's even from the Bible, but it's not complete enough. When you are a child, you just swallow it. Yeah. I mean, sugar, we put sugar in food. But we don't give anybody sugar alone to eat. We have served you sugar, eat sugar. And many of us stay on Facebook to see people serving just sugar. Food that is not balanced. You serve sugar. And then we are eating and say, eh, it makes sense. It sounds right. It is it. You are, you are just being led astray. They are just giving you sugar. You are going to develop di spiritual diabetes. Yeah, you are just you are just swallowing sugar, and you are and because also of the sweet taste, it's nice to lick. Come 
Then you are happy. Then you are licking it. Then as you are licking, you are smiling. Then you say, ah, but with the sugar, you need maybe something to go with the sugar. Sugar must be part of something. How much sugar should be part of it even determines how the food will be. You can't put one bucket of sugar into just one pot of uh, pop, pop, the pop that we drink as porridge. You have poured it in. There's a lot of sugar. In. You will soon be sick. He says, you are tossed about, carried about by every wind of doctrine and the slight of man and their cunning craftiness. Their cunningness refers to people's whims and caprices. That's what it refers to. There's anything unresearched. It's not been deeply researched and proven. You see people who say they are are ministers of God writing things on Facebook which have not been proven either by their lives or by their fruits. Then you just follow. Meanwhile, Jesus advises that if you want to know a person, watch their fruit. Watch their fruit. By, his, by their fruit, you will know them. You will know if he, the people have no fruit. 100 people is not fruit. Ah, even not properly born pastors can have 100 people. They say, oh, yeah, oh, oh, then you go. I saw one say, what, what God cannot do does not exist. How many of you saw that video? Or it was somebody's comment, popular comment. What God cannot do does not exist. It sounds very right. But God does not lie, but lie exists. God doesn't fornicate, but fornication exists. God doesn't die, but death exists. Death exists. Death exists. So it sounds nice, but it's actually not it. What God, what God cannot do does not exist. Are you sure? Are you really sure? God can do all things, but there are things that exist that God cannot do. The Bible says he's not a man that he should lie. If men that lie, God doesn't lie. God cannot lie. But lie exists. So he said, when you are a child, you are tossed by the So that's why even being, so if a child is tossed, then as for a baby there, we don't want to even talk about it. Babies are carried, maybe that's why he said, carried away, carried away by every wind of doctrine. Yeah. Look, a doctrine must be sound. Let me read the scripture to you so I can go on. Isaiah 28. He said, who shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he, shall he make to understand doctrine? So now he's talking about what a doctrine is. Isaiah chapter 28 verse 19. He says, That they that, or them that are weaned from milk. So before you can even get into doctrines, you have to be weaned from milk. You can't just be drinking milk, drinking milk, then you want to exercise yourself in doctrines. He says, those who are weaned from milk. It means that your mother has stopped giving you milk. I mean, when you have a baby, six months, exclusive breastfeed milk. Do you get it? That's, that's it. Then sometimes other people want to go a little longer. One year. Do you get it? One year. One year experience. I know, I know, I, let me not tell that story now. I'll tell it when I get to here. Just remind, when I get to this point, just give me a, I'll tell you that. But I want, here, I want to finish. You see, You cannot drink milk all your life. Like it's like a breast milk. You are four. You are seven. You are still drinking milk. You have to be weaned off milk so that God can now teach you doctrine. Doctrine. 
Sometimes people want to break a world record. Even if you want to break world record of breastfeeding, I'm coming there. No. If you want to break world record of breastfeeding, you want to feed breastfeed for two years, you will see that after six months, the breastfeed, the breast milk you give the child is not enough for the child. So you give the child some breast milk, then you add a little porridge here. Then you give the patient some breast milk, then you add by one year, you have started giving them pap, the stiff pap. You, 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 what do you, what English word is it? You, 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 you press it small, you soften it, then you give them a little of, of the pap, then they are eating. By one and a half, they have started taking a bowl. They will chew it for three days. Chew and put that. When they wake up, they take it again. Then they keep it. Then by two years, they have started cracking bones, eating hlope, hlope. Even if you are still giving them milk, they are eating the hlope with the milk. So when they finish eating the, the, the hlope, then they add some milk to it. They say, yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's how God wants you to be. But you, have, you just want to drink milk just want to drink. I saw, I saw a mother she had her second child. The second child was about two years old. When the first child was about four or five or six or seven, I don't even know how old he is. When he finishes eating the, the, the older child will say mama, can I have some milk? Then the mama will give the breast milk that belongs to the younger one, to the older one. I told you when I get here, I'll tell the story. Then give it to her. Then she will also, the, little, the older child will, so the older one is drinking this one. Then the baby one is also drinking one. No, all my stories are true. All my, look, do you, do you know why you don't believe my stories? If I was not there, I would also not believe my story. Yeah. So one day I called the mother. I said, look, sister, this thing is too much. You want to get a seven-year milk experience. You want to set a world record on breastfeeding. Why? Then she started to tell me, you see, it's the, I said, it's not true. It's you, the mother. You are the cause. You are the cause. I said, you see everybody's child in the church. They feel free in the church. They can go to anybody. Anybody can carry them. You alone, your children, nobody can carry them. Do you know the reason? They are attached to you. You are, it's like you are everything. Expose them. Let them be free. The children want to be free. They want to be out of apartheid. They want to be free. Yeah, I remember I sat in that corner over there. I said, the problem is not the children. The problem is you, the mother. So when the children don't want to even come, you call and say, hey, what's Allah? Feeding the child breast milk till it's 13. Why? Now, lo and behold, after that meeting, I started to open my eye, widen my eye. Anytime I see the mother the mother hen catching the children, I widen my eye towards her, then she will leave them. Look, 24 hours later, the children changed dramatically. They didn't even want to drink the milk again. No, 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 they didn't. They don't like the milk. It's the mother. The mother is using the children to overcome her loneliness. Yeah. Some of your children want to be free. You won't allow them to breathe. And know that children's lives matter. You won't allow them to breathe. No, back to the seven great praise. I don't know why you're turning it into another message, which is not what I'm talking. This is just by the way. So I, 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 
kill that thing with their mother. The children are now free. They move around. They go everywhere. They are happy in their life. I, one day I called them and you see how their children are very happy. You were oppressing them and suppressing them, depressing them and pressing them. That's why they couldn't be free. Allow the children to be free. Turn to your neighbor and say, allow the children to be free. So as a Christian baby, you must expose yourself to the milk of the word. And as you drink the milk, you must, oh, back to my scripture, huh? You must expose, you, you must be, win, you must get to a point where you are just weaned of the milk. Which is what? After I've preached, I've used a lot of scriptures. When you go home, you start to check the scripture. Is it really what Bishop said he, he, it is or he's just... He has just let them type some new words into the computer and put it there for us all to think that it's in the Bible. So you go, you take Sunday's preaching and you go through it again, check the scriptures if they are really in the Bible. In the Bible. In the Bible. Then the Bible says, you are now wind of milk. So when you are now wind of milk, they say, whom shall he make to understand them that are wind of milk and drawn from the mother. I said drawn from who? The mother. Verse 10. Is there a 10? Precept upon precept. He says this is how doctrines are formed. Precept upon precept. Which is an example upon an example. That's why when we give you a point, we give you examples. Examples from the Bible. Examples from real life. So example upon example. Precept upon precept, precept upon precept, line upon line, line upon line. It's not a repetition, it's telling you the process. Precept upon precept, precept upon precept, so that it balance, it doesn't tip the scale. Line upon line and line upon line. Here a little and there a little. You can't take one line in the Bible and he went and hung himself. Then you start making a doctrine out of it. He went and hung himself. Seven ways to hang yourself. Ah, it says here a little, there a little. I said where? Here a little, there a little. Some of you are being bamboozled on Facebook with, with just one line. And Elisha laid on the boy. Then boom. Then they started a, a doctrine with that. Give me other examples in the Bible where the man of God laid on the, on the boy. Not on the girl. On the boy. As a healing method. Imagine your pastor laying on you at this your age, having developed all the vital statistics. All the natural resources. Having developed all of it. Even when they are falling, they are still there. But you have developed all of it. Whether he lays on you from the front or from the back. Imagine what will happen. We started doctrine and he laid on the boy. Then you have started a teaching with it. Then you are on Facebook. Then light is, light is. I say again, light is. People who are light, light is. He start following. Hey, he must have a point. Hey, he must have... So I pray that you will feed your spirit the word of God so that you can begin to grow. 
I read one more scripture on that. I go Hebrews 4, 12. For when the time you ought to be teachers, Hebrews 4, 12. You have need that one teach you which is the first principles of the oracle of God and are because such as need milk and not strong meat. Strong meat is doctrine. Milk and not strong meat. For everyone who uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. For he is a baby. But strong meat belongs to them that are full of it, them that are mature. May you become a matured Christian. I give you six months to mature in the word of God. Even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. So as I'm preaching the word of God to you, I'm understanding the word of God even more. So even you, as you read the Bible, find somebody, share with them, share with your, if you can't share the scripture you have read from the Bible with your friend, that friend is a, ba- a bad friend. That friend is a demon-possessed friend. You can't say, oh, my, that is not your friend, it's your enemy. So, yesterday I saw my pastor mention a scripture. I just wanted to share it with you. Then you share. The more you share, the more understanding you get. And he said, also by reason of use, because they have used it, they have their senses exercised to discern good, both good and evil. Then we go to principle number one. I'm explaining to you why the body overpowers the spirit. Do you see? And makes us fall into sin. And I said the first reason is that the spirit is a baby, which is principle number four. So let's get it to grow. We, are, we will overcome the body in the name of Jesus. Number two, which is principle number five. After you are born again, your mind is still the same. And it must be renewed. After you are born again, your mind is still the same. And it must be renewed. I beseech ye therefore, brethren, Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2 says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may be able to prove that which is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. It says, let your mind be renewed. He said, don't be conformed to this world. It means don't have the, don't let your mind work in the same way that your mind was working before you were born again. Your mind has to be renewed. Now, when your mind is not renewed, it all it sides with the flesh. Reason is that it has been siding with the flesh all along. Then suddenly you say you are born again. Then the spirit comes. So suddenly it's like, ah, why should I leave this my old body who I've been with all this year and now come and take your side? Now because you are growing, a little preaching you had and you are growing, now you say I should come and join you. If you don't change the mind, it will always follow the flesh. And then they will gang up against the spirit. Yeah. So it's like two against one, two against one, two against one. Now, what to do is to get the mind to change so that it can now side with the spirit. Let me read another scripture to you. So, what does it mean to renew your mind? Align your opinions with the word of God. Align your opinions with the word of God. Then, when your mind is renewed, 
or when your mind is renewed, the process is align your, your, your mind with the word of God. Let your mind agree with the Bible. Let your mind agree with what God says. Let God's opinion be your opinion. Yeah. That's what we mean by renewal. of Some of us have a certain mind about money. Now that you are born again, you must find out what the Bible says about money. So that that becomes your opinion. Some of us have, have Zulu ideas. Yeah. And it's by, you see, it's by, it's, it's by no fault of yours. You were born a Zulu, raised a Zulu. Which other ideas will you have? But now that you have been born into Christ, you must be raised a Christian. And your ideas must now align with the Bible. Yeah. Some of us have fed ourselves Nigerian proverbs. Deep Nigerian proverbs, our opinions are built on. Some of us, even our, our opinions and our minds are built on hip-hop music. What Tupac said. Yeah, what Tupac said. So Tupac is a prophet. He rapped about the, the, the falling of the twin towers even before it fell. So your opinions are built on what Tupac shall you, you are some of the people who still believe that Tupac is not dead. He's still alive. <laughs> I mean, think about it. How loud Tupac was. If he's still alive, alive wouldn't you hear of him by now? Ah, he would have come back as um, 50 cents. <laughs> or Kanye West. Or Nzege Zege. <laughs> So your mind has to change about certain things. Ephesians 5 verse 3, it says, But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be one's name amongst you as you become saints. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking or nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this you know that no whoremonger or unclean person nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. It's just funny case. Some of you some time ago, I mean, you could sleep with anybody or anybody could sleep with. Now that you are a Christian, mind has to change. That no, I, my body is the temple of God. We don't use it for this anymore. I can't be pouring alcohol in the temple of God. Hey, Pastor, but I don't see anywhere in the Bible that the Bible says we shouldn't drink. No problem. If you were to ask, you were entering the church this morning, the whole place is smelling of booze, star lager. What do you call this, the thing? Yeah, castle lager, and all these people. It's the hope you will say there's a problem with the church. I mean, let's be honest. I won't tell anybody. We are not taking a picture. How many of you would say that mm, something is wrong? Something. Oh, be honest. Don't tell lies on Sundays. Uh-huh. So why is it that when the same thing is smelling or emanating or immersing from within you, there's no problem with it? Or let me give you another example. Imagine you, you, you arrive, you met me outside, airport stars. I'm welcoming people, me. Okay, am I safe? Am I okay? Okay, help me. Help me. I'll make him a help meet. Okay, thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you. Ah, what was I saying? You met me at the entrance. I'm welcoming people to the church. As soon as I said, oh, you are welcome. <laughs> welcome. Yeah. 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 And then you can smell some things. How many of you will be comfortable? Then after 30 minutes, I come and take the mic. I say, I come from the presence of Almighty God with the oracles and the principles of Jehovah to bring the declaration of God to you, to show you the mind of God concerning you today. How many of you will believe? Yeah, you're shaking your head. So why should it be you? So Paul said, but fornication and all uncleanness and covetousness, let it not be once named amongst you as you become saints. Don't let them even mention it concerning. They shouldn't mention you and fornication one sentence. I told the story of a guy who the, the friend was talking, so like he was talking about poor people. Then so, for example, if you are poor, he said, no, 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 no. Don't say that. Then the friend said, oh, it's just an example. They said, even an example, I cannot be poor. Please, don't use me for an, that type of example. You too, when they are talking about fornication, and they say, even for example, and they, you say, no, 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 no. They say, oh, it's just an example. I said, no, don't use me for such examples. I don't do this. It shouldn't be named. My name and it shouldn't come in the same sentence. Your mind must be renewed. As your spirit gets stronger, and your mind is also changing, then they are gaining ground on the body. Number three. Three minutes for this and we go on. Principle number six. So how do you renew the mind? Through the word of God. John, John, John 13, John 15, 3, Jesus said, you are clean by the words that I've spoken to you. Ephesians 5, 26 says that he may be sanctified and cleansed by the washing of water by the word. It's the word of God that changes your mind. If you expose your mind to it, it will change your mind about many things. Yeah. God wants you to marry. God wants you to marry. Not just to have relationships and just be fooling around. So your mind has to change. So I just want somebody to date. Are we are dating. Pastor, we are dating. You alone, you have been dating six people in there. Is it, are you running a raffle? Is it like a short list that you will finally choose the winner? a tender that six different people have applied why let your mind change let your mind change let your mind change tell your neighbor my mind is changing my mind is changing principle number six we are overcoming the body so that the spirit that God put in us can rule so we can enjoy our Christian life so principle number six says after you are born again your body is still the same. It must be, you must keep it under control. So write it like that and put it on the screen when we are not using any scripture so they can know what I'm talking about. First Corinthians 9 27 says, But I keep my body under and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. Keep your body under control. If you don't keep your body under control, it will disgrace you right now. Right now. Keep it under control. The best example I can give you is your body is a ball, which you are trying to push under water. When you push it under the water, as soon as you leave it, it will come back up. 
as soon as, even when your hand is on, it's trying to slip out and come up. So you must always keep it under control. Some of you must put your right one hand on your flesh and keep it, keep it down there. Hey, be there. Don't come out. Constant. When you are doing anything, you do it with one hand. Then when you are going to eat, you switch. Then you, you'll be eating with this hand. Then you are keeping always under control. Keeping it under also to disgrace you now. It would be. Because the flesh, it doesn't get born again. This your flesh, it doesn't get born again. So its appetites and its desires don't die. They are always there. They want to live. They want to do what they want to do. Right now, as I'm preaching, if you don't keep your body alert, you'll fall asleep right now. No, oh, yeah. You fall. Look, if you don't keep your eye open, you'll fall asleep right now. If, if like, let's do an experiment. Like, you want to close your eyes for 60 seconds. Not, not that you are feeling sleepy. You just want to close your eyes for 60 seconds and let your mind stray to something which is not what I'm preaching. But the next time you, you realize, you'll be waking up. You'll be waking up. My, one of my sons, when we are there, no, he has fallen asleep. When we wake, so I wasn't asleep. Yeah. When we are watching soccer, soccer is 90 minutes plus 10 minutes half time. He will watch the first 15 minutes, then he will fall asleep. Then he will wake up in the second half. Then watch the last 20 or 30 minutes. When we so he's not asleep. So I told the brother, just leave him, leave it asleep. It's an argument you cannot win. He doesn't, he was asleep, so he doesn't know that he was asleep. your body under. You don't keep, you see, we must keep helping it. If you are not wild, you must always keep your body under. Or else it will do what you don't want it to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sunday right after church, you see it is smoking daha. The same body that came to church, it is smoking daha. If you don't control it, it will be smoking weed. Yeah. Yeah. Right after church. I'm telling you. Yeah, right after so when you see so when people zol, they put saliva on the paper. Yeah. He'll be zolling right now. The same body. Yeah, fully. So you see the person in church, the person is correct, normal. Two hours after church, you see the person is so high. Like a high school. High. He's about four hours ahead of the world. When you see him, it's about four hours. So it's two o'clock, but he's in six o'clock. Yeah. You'll be asked, why is the sun not shining? He has reached six o'clock. We are at 2 p.m., but he's four hours, four hours ahead of the world. Hey. Yeah. If you don't keep it under, they come to school, they're already high. When the teacher is writing English class, so the teacher has written R. When they see R, they say one, two. That's how they see R. One, two. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> sure. So imagine you write seven, then they go to the math class. So the teacher has written 70 rounds, which is an R and 70. They say, Joe, get up and tell us what is on the board. They say, 1,270, because he's seen the R as one, two, one, two. Teachers suffer. Pray for teachers. You must keep your body under or else it will start telling lies right now. You must keep your body under or else it will start hating its neighbor right now. Right now. If you don't keep it under control. Hey. 
yeah, it would do. And the flesh, dear, yeah. You must be afraid of the flesh, oh. I'm telling you, your flesh, my flesh, not somebody, but you let me show your flesh, my flesh, everybody's flesh, ashes. Oh, they are flesh, the same, the same. Praise and worship leaders, they are flesh, the same. Film stars, age, they are flesh, the same. Mothers. They are flesh, the same. Fathers, they are flesh. Pastors, they are flesh, the same. As for dancing stars, we don't want to even mention it. Yeah. That's why even when you are doing worship, you think you are in the presence of God, no, then your flesh will move in a way. Say, hey, who touched you? Who asked you to move? That's your flesh. That's your flesh. That's your flesh. Sometimes something very small, then you get so angry. It's your flesh. If you don't keep it under, it will do what you don't want it to do. You, you, it will turn you into a laughing stock. So I keep my flesh under. How do you keep your flesh under? Number one, know the potential evil your flesh can do. Know it and accept it. That my flesh, it can do a lot of wild things. Giving the opportunity. Know it. Know it. And accept it. These are the things the flesh can do. Galatians 5.19 says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are this adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, adultery, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulation, wrath, strife, sedition, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, reviling, and such like. It means Paul didn't have time to write all of them. Even the list here is about 21. He says, the works of the flesh are manifest. Means they are exposed, they are expressed. These which are the, these are these are the works. They start the adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft. Witchcraft is domination, intimidation, and manipulation. That's witchcraft. Somebody who wants to dominate you, somebody who wants to manipulate you. And somebody wants to what? Intimidate you. You are dealing with a witch. Yeah. yeah, you are dealing with a witch. It's a craft. A craft is an art, a skill. Do you see? So the skill, the skill, or the ability to dominate, manipulate, and which one? Intimidate. These are the three words that are associated with witchcraft hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies. Where's the next verse? Envies. Why do you think people envy each other? The flesh. Keep it. So that's a, as I'm preaching, one hand must be on the flesh. Stay down. Stay down. Be, if I leave it, wickedness will come now. Madness. Drunkenness. You said there's no scripture in the Bible against drinking. No. Drunkenness. Revilings, which is wild partings. Wild. You party and they call the police. Wild party, not party that we are eating jollof rice. Party that we have to call the police. And when they can, they have to break down the door because when they knock, nobody can hear them. Wild party. And so, this is how the flesh is. That's how the flesh behaves. So we must keep it under. What are we going to do to the flesh? 
will keep it under, keep it under control, under control. If you don't keep it under control, if pastor doesn't keep his flesh under control, hey, by the time you realize you have argued with your, your landlord, your landlord is throwing you out. Pray and fast regularly. When you pray and fast regularly, it weakens the flesh and its desires. And number three, use wisdom. Use wisdom. Use wisdom. What do I mean? I explain this one, then we close. What do I mean by use wisdom? Bible says, flee youthful lust. Where is it? Is it in the Bible? It says, flee youthful lust. It means, as, as a young person, you have some lusts. Lust means desires. Desire for what is wrong. Do you see it? Desire for what is wrong. And the Bible says, when it comes to youthful lust, flee, run away from it. Do you get it? It says, flee youthful, flee also youthful lust and follow after righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that are called on the Lord out of a pure heart. It says, run away from it. Use wisdom. When you are an unbeliever, your favorite thing was to drink. Do you get it? So run away from drinking. Your friends say they are going somewhere. You know, by all means, drinks, drinks will appear there. Run away from it. Don't go and sit there and say you are speaking in tongues. Then one of your friends who's, who, who's naughty, the naughty one. There's, in every group, there's always a naughty guy. You just take and say, oh, you two, what is this that you are doing? Ah, then you'll be speaking to him. Then he'll take it like that. <laughs> then, ah, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Ah, then the next one, boom. Then one goes into your onto your list like that. I thought you would take a tissue and clean it because you are not wearing your mask also on that day. So when it falls on your list, then I receive it. Clap your hands for Jesus. Before long, with your tanks and everything, you are you'll be holding your own bottle and a pack of six. You have quiet it here. Yeah. Use wisdom. Use wisdom. The flesh. So the spirit is still willing, even at that point, but the flesh is weak. Yeah, so you have to keep it down. If you don't keep it down, you always be quarreling with your husband in the house. A nice man who has honored you and married you, all your boyfriends from uh, Amtata, none of them married you. This one has honored you and married you. You always be quarreling with him. And he doesn't do this. He's too short. He's too tall. He's too this. He's too that. that you will complain uh, instead of enjoying what God has given to you. If he's short, put him on a table. If he's too tall, let him kneel down. Use wisdom. You are in a relationship with a girl. You say you will not fornicate anymore. You are a girl. You are in a relationship with a guy. You say you will not fornicate anymore. He calls you from a sleep for a sleepover. What do you think will happen at a sleepover? Do you think it's an all-night prayer? Use wisdom. It's a sleepover. Don't you understand the English? 
Use wisdom. I mean, sometimes you see girls say, so, I, I didn't know what he was doing. And then by the time I realized, he, he had, you didn't know what? You didn't know what? What do you mean you didn't know what? When he touched you the first time, and your, your heart increased in tempo, boom, boom. That was your sign to say, brother, I think I have to go home. I have to go home and I have to go home now. So, I didn't know. At the time I realized, by the time you realized what? When you entered his room and there was no chair in the room, only at Look, one sister, I tell you this story. Please forgive me. Today's the last day I'm preaching long, okay? Then next week I'll come again. One sister, she went to visit her brother. When she entered the room, there was no chair. There was just a bed. Then he asked the guy, where is your chair? Then the guy said to him, this is a bedroom, not a chair room. Yeah. It's not a sitting room, it's a bedroom. What do you expect there? It would rather have been an anomaly if there's a chair and there's no bed. If there's a bed and there's nothing, that's, that's what we do here. So use wisdom, my sister, my brother. The reason why you are always in fornication, always in trouble, is you are not applying enough wisdom. Hey, pastor, I want to see him so badly. Go with your friend. A good friend, not a, 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 a summer bad friend. Yeah. Oh, he called me. He said I should come. Let's meet. Let's meet at church. If you will do these things, eh, you will see all the things you have been struggling with. They will just start to go down because suddenly your spirit is growing, your mind is being renewed, and you are keeping your flesh under lockdown. Suddenly, your Christian life will become nice to you. You'll be, because the things, you, the things that you do that make you feel that, no, the Christian life is difficult. When will I get it right? They will all start to go down. They will start to fall off one by one. One by one, one by one. And some of you see somebody's money, then you take it. Then you take it. Sometimes you see the man looks at, oh no, because of yesterday's preaching, I won't take it. Then you are talking, then you turn your head, then you see, oh... I rebuke you, flesh. Then you see the third and say, oh, the money is calling you. It's calling, it's calling. Pastor, what wisdom should I use? As soon as you see the money, you know it belongs to LP. You say, LP, your money is here. Your money is here. That's all. It's finished. You keep seeing the money, but the money is with the owner, and the owner is seeing you. Use wisdom. Then principle number seven, I close with this one. Principle number seven, after you are born again, your mind is still open to evil thoughts. So you must think on the right things. You must think on the right things. After you are born again, if your God was to put a new mind in your head, it would have been easy. But it's your old mind that is there. It's still open to evil thoughts. That's been when you are in church. As you are there, the preacher is going, everybody is happy. Then suddenly some bad thought comes into your head. And you go, ah! Where from this um, um, a thought that is not born again? How 
how can he even enter the church? Why did the ashes allow it to enter the church and come into my head? Me, all the people, look at this bad girl who's sitting here. It didn't enter into her head. It has come to my head. What type of evil thought is this? Satan, I rebuke you. Then it will go away. That's how your mind is. It is still open to evil thoughts. So learn to think on the right things. Learn. Thoughts are like birds. They fly over everybody's head. You can't do anything about it. But you can control which bed lands on your head. You can't allow this your nice hair that you have gone to make. Brazilian hair, which is made in China. It comes to land on your head. Then you allow the bed. It's making a pool on the hair that you have paid money to do. And it's making a nest. No, 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 no. As soon as it lands, hey, sukawena. How do you say get away in Zulu? Sukawena, then you hit it away. Yeah, that's how you should deal with bad thoughts. As soon as they come into, you get a bad thought about your pastor. You hit it, hey, get away. My pastor is supposed to be a blessing to me. How, the, how do you such a wicked thought come into my head? Oh, get away, then you hit it away. You get a bad thought about your mother, about your parents. So you just, oh, come on, get away. Sukawena, my mother has been a blessing. You say my mother is a witch. How did my mother become a witch? If she was a witch, wouldn't she have killed me when I was a baby? Oh, come on, get away from there. Then you hit it away. But if you leave it, it will now grow and it will now start giving you evidence of your mother's witchcraft. Evidence. Or, your, or of your mother's supposed witchcraft. Then you will remember the day you asked her for something and she said no. And as parents, we say no for different reasons. One of the common reasons is that we don't have the money. But because you believe in us. I mean, like my children believe that all the money in the world belongs to me. So, and I like that feeling. So instead of disappointing them, I just say no. <laughs> instead of telling them that, look, the money at FMB is not for me. Only small is for me. If that one, I went to put it there. This is not like FMB. When they cut the money, then they give me my, they give it to me. No. Instead of desire, because it makes me, when I move in the house, I'm like some superpower, the guy who's got the whole world. You know, some, yeah, it feels good. So instead of disappointing you, when you ask, I don't have money, but I won't tell that I don't have money. I say no. Then you add it. Uh-huh. Evidence, uh, uh, defense, exhibit A or exhibit one. Then you put it there. When I asked him for a shirt, he didn't give me. Then another day you break the glass. Then I say, what? What are you doing? Don't be silly. So ah, defense exhibit two or B. Then you put it there. Then you are gathering evidence. But as soon as it enters in, you just say, Sukawena. Some everybody hit your head and say, Sukawena. So that every wicked thought that enters you to get, that's how you should treat it. Now, your mind doesn't lie down dormant. The only time, even when you are asleep, you see your mind moves. That's, some of your dreams, are, they are from what you are thinking about. You thought God has given you a vision. You are thinking, is what you are thinking about. Bible says dreams are a result of the business of the day. The busyness. It says business. Business refers to busyness. Busyness of the day. So sometimes the things you have been thinking about. You have been thinking about Jimmy for the whole week. Why are you surprised that on the fifth day, which is Friday, you have a dream and Jimmy comes in the dream? Who else will come in the dream apart from Jimmy? That's how it is. Your mind has been wandering. That's why some of you wake up tired because well, even though you are asleep, your mind is moving all over the world. Uh-huh. So, instead of, listen up, guys, instead of 
allowing your mind. Yes, you have suppressed every wicked thought in your mind to go away. But instead of allowing your mind to be on holiday so that it can download files that it wants to download itself without your permission, now give it what to think about. Philippians 4, 8, it says, now think on these things. It gives you things to think about so that your mind, even when you leave your mind dormant, it will think on these things. It says, oh, finally, brethren, so finally for today, whatsoever things are true, think of things that are true. Whatsoever things are honest, think of things that are honest. Whatsoever things that are pure, think of things that are pure. You don't think about things that you can't talk to us about. You can't mention it to your friend, what you are thinking. It says, whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are lovely, think about lovely things. Things that are lovely. Whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. He gives us a list of things to think about. True things, honest things, just things, pure things, lovely things, things that are of good report. And Manchester United, anyway, if there be any virtue, <laughs> if there's any good thing, think on these things. Immediately, your mind will be engaged on spiritual things. Then your spirit will rise up and it will begin to overpower the flesh and you will begin to live a godly life. May you live a godly life from today in the name of Jesus. Stand to your feet. Let's share a word of prayer. Lift your hands wherever you are. Okay, that's it on the screen. Lift your hands wherever. Maybe you put it, the way you've put it together, put it on a WhatsApp group and send it around so that those who didn't write notes. And put all the scriptures. I use more scriptures than these, so put all the scriptures there. We are become Christians who check the Bible when we go home. Yeah, if you don't have anything to read, read. Just check if what pastor is saying is what it is in the Bible. That's why we are going to send it to you in every group. You look at it, check the scripture. You look at it, check the scripture. Immediately you will see your spirit will start to grow. Your spirit will start to grow. Lift your hands, just pray for yourself right and say, Lord, help me to grow my spirit. Help me to grow my spirit. The main teaching here is that you are a spirit and you have to grow it. Your victory in, in your salvation is in growing your spirit. Growing your spirit so that it can overpower your flesh. Growing your spirit so that it can overpower your flesh. Just pray wherever you are right now. Santia, Rento Lobrosa, Kia Brahma Masonta, Braca Secete, Rasota Caribaba, Zekento Robobo, Zeketelebea, Ranto Lobosia, Pelo, Pelo, Kamasipa, help us, Lord, help us, help us to grow our spirits, Lord, that we enjoy the salvation experience, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Thank you for these principles of salvation. Help us to wage war by good counsel. Help us to wage war on the enemy with these counsels. In the name of Jesus. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you praise and glory. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for these principles of salvation. We pray that through them, Give us, you by your spirit and through your word, give us a deep understanding and insight of these principles. That through them, Lord, we can wage a good warfare 
as Christians and we can enjoy our salvation. We give you praise, we give you glory in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, Amen. Say, Amen. I see you enjoying your salvation from today. Look, I give you three months, 90 days from today. If you will practice the things we have shared last week and today, the things you have been struggling with, be it fornication, drunkenness, covetousness, revival, they will come to an end in the name of Jesus. You will gain mastery and power over the flesh as you develop your spirit in the name of Jesus. Put your hands together for the Lord. Hallelujah. You are here. You want to say, Pastor, you are talking about things that are above my level. I have not even welcomed Jesus into my heart to be my Lord and my Savior. That he will give me that new heart that helps me to obey him. I want you to pray with me and pray for me that I welcome Jesus into my heart. If you are here like that with every eye closed, please, and every head bowed. Pastor, please pray with me. I want to surrender my life to you. Please close your eyes, my dear. Pastor, please pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. I want to give my life to Jesus. If you are here like that, just lift up your right hand wherever you are standing. I'll pray with you. Pastor, please pray with me. I don't want to go where the rich man went to. I don't want to go to the place of torment. I don't want to go to hell. Help me. Help me to pray this prayer in the name of Jesus. If you are here like that, just lift up your right hand. I want to pray with you. Pastor, please pray with me. I don't want to go to hell when I die. I don't want to go to... Pray with me, please. Pray this prayer with me, everybody. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I accept that I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of all my sins. I believe that you died for me and you rose again. I confess that Jesus is the Lord of my life. Thank you, Jesus, for dying to save me. Amen. Why don't you put your hands together for the Lord? Oh, put your hands together for the Lord. For the Lord. Wonderful. You may be seated. Thank you for joining us. We believe you have been blessed by this life-transforming message by Bishop Daniel Harley. For more information, contact us at 204 Peter Kirchhoff Street, Peter Maritzburg, or call 083-773-1605. God richly bless you.